says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, which, mind you, we're always in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, right? Who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people not endure sound teaching, which is really already here. So when I read this, I'm like, of course, I gotta, I gotta be ready all the time <laughs> to always be speaking. Um, how many of you guys know there's a lot of political unrest in the world today, specifically our world? All the adults raise their hand real quick. <laughs> I mean, you teenagers, I want to see you guys. Do you guys know that there's just a lot of craziness going on right now, and there's a lot of disagreement in our country? Raise your hand if you know that. Yes? No? Okay. There is a lot. But I feel like, and John, John kind of talked about this a little while ago, right? That, I mean, he preached out of Second Timothy, and it was really good. Um, but it says, verse 3, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So my question for you guys, and I put it on social media, is what is truth? What do you guys see to be truth? John's holding up a book. Not lies. Thank you for your circular logic. <laughs> it's not wrong, but... <laughs> what is truth? Can you guys tell me? The truth. Who decides what the truth is? God does. My mom does not decide what the truth is. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> or there would be no Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the world. <laughs> Just kidding. My, my lovely wife knows what I mean behind that. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you guys know that that question comes up in the Bible? What is truth? Did you guys know that? Yes? No? That's right. It's true. In... Yeah. See what I did there? It's true. <laughs> in the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verse, I'm going to start at verse 36. Jesus was answering Pontius Pilate, who was the, he was the local authority, the local governor of the area at the time in Rome that Jesus was about to be crucified. And he had this conversation with Jesus because Jesus was being handed over by the Jewish leaders at the time for him to be crucified. They did not like what Jesus was saying. And as you guys know, it ended up happening, right? Jesus was crucified. If you don't know that, now you do. <laughs> but Pilate has this conversation with him. And it always blows my mind when I read this, the actions and behavior of Pontius Pilate. It says, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Obviously, you said you have a kingdom. Therefore, what? That means you're a king if you have a kingdom. Um, and so... Jesus told him, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world. Now pay attention. Jesus is about to really drop the mic here. <laughs> if you guys ever wonder why Jesus came into the world, why he is Jesus, God incarnate, why he even came to the earth, this is why. To bear witness to the truth. John's following along. 
to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? And after that, he, he went back out and he talked to the people that were handing him over to be crucified. And he said, I don't see anything wrong with what he's saying or doing. There's nothing wrong. He hasn't committed a crime. But yet he still ended up having him crucified anyway. Jesus makes an incredibly bold claim that he came to bear witness to the truth. And he also says earlier on, and John records it in his gospel, that Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God except through me. Let me ask you this. If you were to ask Jesus, who's literally the embodiment of truth, the physical being of it, what is truth? You, do you think you would stick around to hear what he says? <laughs> I don't like what. I mean, Jesus literally just said, I came to bear witness to the truth. And Pontius Pilate's response was sarcastic. Yes, CJ. Not protect. He means when somebody bears witness to the truth of somebody in court, if they're like, I'm going to bear witness to the truth. I bear witness that she did that. <laughs> we know what actually happened. If she were to go to court and say, no, I didn't do that, and we'd be like, wrong. You totally punched Jay in the face. He knew the truth. It's, it goes, I mean, this is really hard to wrap your head around. But it's not so much just that he foresaw the truth, but he literally was it. He was physically the truth. That's what he was. And for him to be able to make this claim when at the time... There were a whole bunch of religions already. If you didn't know, Christianity is pretty new <laughs> in comparison to other religions. I mean, even just in comparison to Judaism, which is what Jesus was. He was a Jew, right? In comparison to Hinduism and Buddhism and all these other religions that are in the world, Christianity is pretty new. It's only been around 2,000 years. And you're like, oh, 2,000 years, that's a long time. But Moses was walking around in Egypt, and they all had their own religious beliefs at the time. And that was hundreds of years before Jesus came on the scene. It was a long time before. So he makes this statement, what is truth? Now I know for myself, if I were to ask literally the guy that's saying, I know the truth, I'd say, what is the truth? But Pontius Pilate didn't do that. He was basically saying, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as truth. Truth is a concept. It's not reality. When the actual Hebrew word used for truth, that Jesus uses to say, there's, there's a verse that Jesus uses to say what truth is. And he says that we will worship in spirit and in truth. And the truth is, will set you free. Jesus says in another spot, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth, the word that's being used there, is actually a word that says reality. So there is the reality of truth. And to be honest, truth is the only real reality that there is. Outside of that, there's no reality. It's all delusion. Yes. Jesus was what? He was the truth before he ever even came. And Jesus always existed, but he didn't always exist in bodily form. I mean, it's hard to understand. But he came to earth. He left heaven to become a person, a human. And he is still a person today. <laughs> He's in heaven, seated at the right hand of God, is what Scripture says. So here's the thing. Have you guys ever heard these statements before? Is there really anything as truth? Truth is whatever you want it to be. You have your own truth. I have my own truth. Have you guys ever heard those things before? 
Maybe. I mean, raise your hand if you have. Yeah. Do you think it makes any sense? You have your own reality. I have my own reality. One of those realities has to be the actual reality, right? <laughs> One of them has to be real. If I were to come over and say, your picture on the wall is crooked, you'd be like, no, it's not. You'd be like, yeah, it is. And it actually was crooked on the wall, and I had a level with me that I, for some reason, had on me. <laughs> I brought my own level to make sure, right? <laughs> I mean, you can even, I mean, technically on your phone, you can get a level on it. <laughs> right, Brandon? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't bring my level checking level. So say I were to take my level and put it up to it and prove this is not straight, this is crooked, and you go, no, check out mine. And you put your own level up to it, and it says that it's right. What does that mean? One of them has to be wrong, Right? You wouldn't say, oh no, in your world it's crooked, but in my world it's not. <laughs> no. One of them has to be wrong, right? And here's what I believe is the level for life. <laughs> right here. <laughs> this big old Bible. <laughs> There's only one real truth. And I've looked around. I've studied. I've looked into other religions. This really is the only one that makes sense. <laughs> when I look at what Jesus did and how the claims that he made ended up actually happening, it's the only one that's ever done that. I don't know if you knew that. There's over 300 prophecies of the life of Jesus itself actually coming true that are found in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that he fulfilled. And the probability of that actually happening is impossible. <laughs> Look it up yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've got, uh, they believe that they found where it is, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Yeah, pretty cool. And I think for a lot of people in this world, I... I was talking to Caitlin about this earlier today because I needed to figure out what the heck I was going to do. <laughs> and this whole conversation just, I mean, it's always just really blown my mind when I think about it. I'm like, why in the world did he not stick around to hear what he had to say? Like, he just, what is truth? And then he turns around and addresses the crowd. He goes out, you know, wherever he was, he goes out to the crowd. He just turns around and ignores them. And I've always feel like I've believed that if he actually wanted to hear the truth, Jesus would have told it to him. Because it says, Jesus himself said, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. If you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with your whole heart. That's what it says in the scripture. It's in the Old Testament and I believe in the New Testament. And if he actually wanted to know the truth, I believe Jesus would have told him. And it hopefully would have changed his life. I believe it probably would have. But he didn't. And I think that is the case for so many people. When people say, you know, I tried Christianity. I tried the Jesus thing. It didn't work for me. <laughs> well, did you seek him with your whole heart? <laughs> because if you do, you will find him. You will find the truth. And the truth will what? It'll set you free. And what it'll set you free from is delusion. <laughs> because living in a reality that's not real is delusional. And it sets you free from the delusion that you're in. Your eyes are open, but here's, here's the thing. You have to actually want to know the truth. Because I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, well, what is the truth? I want to hear what you have to say but they don't actually want to hear the truth because it might mean they have to change their life. It might mean they have to change the way that they live. <laughs> when you choose to seek after the truth and find it, it reveals what's false with you. <laughs> it 
It reveals what's wrong with you. It's painful. It doesn't feel good, right? In 2 Timothy, this is what's really interesting about the verse that I read to you guys earlier. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, There is a time that's coming when people will not endure sound teaching. And I think about it, I'm like, why did he use the word endure? Because the word endurance implies suffering. It implies some pain. It implies having to endure hardship. You don't use the word endure because you're about to walk into something that feels good. (laughs) So when you ask, what is the truth? And you ask Jesus, what is the truth? I really want to know this. You're going to have to endure some sound doctrine, some sound teaching. And it's not going to feel good. Lately, there's been some podcasts I've been listening to that are not making me feel good sometimes. (laughs) I've been listening to some stuff by Francis Chan, and if you don't want to feel good, listen to Francis Chan. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) I've listened to some of his stuff, and it's like, I'm not doing that. I listened to certain things that he's talking about, such as evangelism, and he talked about this sermon where once he went off to college at a Christian college, he like barely ever shared his faith, whereas before, he was telling everyone in high school. He started a Bible study. He told all of his neighbors at his job, every single person that he ever worked with, he shared the gospel with them, like straight up shared it with them. He didn't just say, hey, have you ever gone to church before? <laughs> no, he would say, do you know Jesus? Well, let me tell you about him, because he changed my life. And after he graduated and went off to a Christian college, he was like, I barely ever shared my, my faith with anybody. I mean, how many people at a Christian college do I need to share Jesus with? <laughs> but he started getting complacent. And then after that, he would go on to seminary, which is where people go to be big-time pastors. I mean, that's what Tim did. <laughs> you go to a place to get ordained as a minister. And he's like, you never do it there. And he would talk about how he started a church and everybody in his congregation, and we're talking like maybe 20 people in this small house church that he had, everyone shared their faith with somebody and they like quadrupled in like a few months. And then he got his church to the size of 4,000 and it stopped. There wasn't any more people coming to his church. And he thought about it and he's like, People aren't sharing this. And it got to me, and I'm like, all I do is just tell these people. (laughs) I've got neighbors that I haven't had conversations with that I should. I mean, I share the love with them, right? I help them out any way I can. But the sound doctrine that I was hearing, I was like, man, I'm really having to endure some suffering right now. (laughs) It's a cut to my heart. There's a time today that people don't want to hear it. It's already here. When people are told, you shouldn't do that. Why? Because it doesn't please God. Who cares? That's what the world says. When we should care. Especially when we're supposed to be the ones walking on this earth that look like us. Right? Let me share with you something a little bit sooner in 2 Timothy. In 2 Timothy, i got to figure out which chapter I'm going to do. I'm wondering if I should do the one before. <laughs> yeah, I'll read chapter 2 first. Starting in verse... We'll start at verse 22. It says, so flee youthful passions. Look to your neighbor and say, flee. (laughs) 
So flee youthful passions, youthful lusts, other translations say, and pursue, you guys know what it says? Hey! <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> I was like, I know they're not looking at the Bible right now. <laughs> Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Some people really need to hear that one. <laughs> Along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. Other translations say arguments. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be what? Quarrelsome. But kind to everyone. Kind to who? Everyone. Who? Everyone. Does that include people you don't agree with? Does that include people that don't love Jesus? Does that include people that are mean to you? Does that include the president? Does that include the Supreme Court who made a decision a lot of people don't agree with? (laughs) You should care. They're, They're literally making the laws of this nation. So, so, alright, it says, be kind to everyone able to teach, patiently enduring evil. That's hard, right? (laughs) I mean, I can endure evil, but patiently? (laughs) That's a whole nother level, right? (laughs) That changes it a lot. Just one word. Circle the word patient in your Bible every time you see it. Okay. <laughs> Correcting his opponents with gentleness? You mean not being a total jerk? Correcting your opponents by bashing them with the truth? No, it doesn't say that? <laughs> with gentleness. What'd you say? Love you, John. <laughs> God may perhaps, what? Grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. So how do you get somebody to come to the truth? I just laid it out, right? Paul does a good description of it. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil. Or the deceptive non-reality. <laughs> the deceptive reality, you could even say. It's not real. Snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. It's so easy to get into quarrelsome arguments with people that don't agree with us. It's so easy, especially on Facebook, because there's actually no face to them. <laughs> when you're talking to the person... There was this quote I saw of Mike Tyson online. <laughs> it was around the time, I want to say it was around the election, the last election. And he said, some of y'all need to be punched in the face <laughs> because of the way that you're treating people. <laughs> this is coming, I mean, if you don't know who Mike Tyson is, he's a boxer. <laughs> and he's just, right. But I was like, he's not wrong. Something true came out of Mike Tyson's mouth. That's crazy. (laughs) And it hit people like a fist to their face. (laughs) But you look all around, and people are not doing this, right? You look all around you, they're not doing it in your schools. They're not doing it even in churches. They're not doing it online. They're not doing it in the workplace. And Paul is telling Timothy these things before he's about to die. He's saying, you've got to live this out. I'm going to tell you now, it's not easy. Get you thrown in jail. It's not easy. Get you beaten. It gets people throwing rocks at you. I've got to say that instead of stone because people think a different thing nowadays. 
as a joke, if you didn't know that. But what are, what do you guys think are the youthful passions that Paul talks about? He says, flee youthful passions, because he says that, it's like, but then he, he doesn't really, I believe the things that follow are what those things are. Think of this. Must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. Do teenagers do that? <laughs> Depends. <laughs> kind to everyone? If I were to walk into your house, would I see kindness between you and your siblings? If I were to walk in when your teacher, when, when your teacher says something in school, do you don't want to hear they correct you, they, they get at you when you're doing something you shouldn't be. Would I see you being kind? <laughs> no. Yes, maybe some of you, maybe not. But here's what I think encompasses the youthful passions. Starting at verse 1 of chapter 3, the next, the next chapter. It says this, But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. I have to read this regularly to remind myself this was just prophesied. <laughs> the things in the world are not unexpected. <laughs> they were coming. So he says it will be times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self. You guys think that's a youthful passion? Yes? No? I absolutely do. <laughs> Lovers of self. You see it all the time on the courts, right? In any sport you watch. You can see some of the star players getting really big-headed, right? <laughs> Lovers of money. Think that's a youthful passion? What about the next one? What's that? Well, I think that's why Paul told an adult this, though. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's a matter of whether you're going to grow out of these youthful passions and choose to put them to death. <laughs> if you didn't know, Timothy is thought to be probably in his 30s when Paul was writing this to him. Maybe even a little bit older than that. So he's telling a grown man, flee youthful passions. <laughs> why? Because they have a way of trying to rise up in you. That's right. As a grown person, you can be a, a big child. <laughs> what about the next one? Proud. You guys think teenagers struggle with pride? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, right? Arrogant. <laughs> Abusive? Yes? No? What do you call bullying? It's being abusive, right? It's a huge problem. I'm getting goosebumps saying these. <laughs> Disobedient to their parents. Well, that one. <laughs> what about her? I miss my mom. Wish she would visit more. <laughs> she lives a long ways away. A lot of grandkids to see. <laughs> Disobedience to parents. Ungrateful. Raise your hand if you've been ungrateful in the last day. <laughs> for anything. <laughs> Pretty normal. <laughs> ungrateful. Unholy. I feel like that one just lays it all out. It's like, okay, I'll just say a bunch of things and then unholy, because that's literally not living like God. <laughs> if you want to know what that looks like, I mean, just go to earlier. <laughs> unholy. Heartless. Yes? No? I mean, I'm just going to say it. I feel like the ruling of the Supreme Court has revealed a lot of heartlessness in people. It has. 
I would say on both sides. Whatever side of the argument you stand on. The truth is, there's people that have murdered babies for hundreds of years. I mean, and in our country, not hundreds of years, but it's happened for years. And then on the other side, there are people that have not cared for the needs of widows and orphans, which is what James says is true lasting religion. It's caring for those that are less fortunate than you, need help. There's been a lot of heartlessness in our country. You guys thirsty? I can tell. <laughs> So am I. Anyone want to give me a glass of water? <laughs> Thanks, CJ. What's the next one? Heartless? Unappeasable? What do you guys think that means? It's a big word, right? <laughs> Have no heart? What does it mean to be appeased? Huh? Happy. Unappeasable. Can't be happy. Unappeasable is, does anything appease you? Does anything make you happy? Does anything satisfy you? You seem to complain about everything. Does that sound like teenagers? You are a little bit, actually. <laughs> I literally, here, get this. Get this, on Facebook, was it? Yesterday, Caitlin, I think it was yesterday, there was a guy that was complaining that all these people from California moved here and are ruining our state. Who's ever heard that before, right? <laughs> Bunch of whiny babies. And get this, they were talking to somebody who was born in Montana, saying, leave my state, blah, blah, blah. She's like, uh, excuse me, I was born here. <laughs> and he said... I don't complain as he went on and complained. He's like, I don't complain on Facebook. And then he goes on and complains. <laughs> and I, I replied, I said, you literally said, I don't complain on Facebook with a complaint on Facebook. <laughs> and I just left it. <laughs> hmm? Not everything. There's a lot of things that do that people don't think do, as well as by the other way. Anyways, let's keep going. Unappeasable. It means somebody that can never be satisfied. Never be happy. You're never happy about anything. Someone whining all the time. Not even, I wouldn't even say depressed. I mean, like, I feel like that's just, just being low all the time. But unappeased is like you're always complaining about something. You're like, Man, there's never anything here. There's never, this town sucks. There's nothing here for me. You guys ever heard that? I never get a good parking spot. I always hit the red lights. Anyways, unappeasable. Slanderous. What does that mean? Lies. Bingo. Slanderous, yeah, it means people that are going around telling lies. They're saying things that aren't true. Does that sound like youthful passions? Have you guys ever had rumors spread about you? Have you guys ever spread rumors about others? Mm -hmm. TJ, thank you for this water. I appreciate it. What's the next one? Ooh, that's a big one. <laughs> Without self-control. Does that sound like a youthful passion? Brutal. What about that one? <laughs> it's a fair question. It's like... What do you mean by brutal? What does that mean? I mean, I think it applies to both. I mean, I've, I've heard stories, some of which John has shared, of teenagers in their brutality killing somebody. 
because it was found out that they were doing, was it meth? And they were junior high. That's messed up. (laughs) When you get found out for the wrong that you did, and it's maybe in front of some people, or in front of your parents, parents come to you and find out something, how do you respond? You're like, no, 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 that wasn't me, I didn't do that, and you just start going off, or do you like, yeah, you're right, you caught me. What's the next one? Let me ask you guys this. What is good? God, yes. God is good. But really, what? Yes, God is good. Is there anything else that's good? Well, according to Jesus, there's no other good teacher. But the things that come from God himself that he made in their perfection are good. Humanity was good, and we screwed it up. <laughs> now we're not. <laughs> well, then he made us good again. Yes. Clothed us with righteousness. Yes. But not loving good. There's a lot of that in the world today. A lot of it. There are a lot, and I mean, this is a subject, I don't get into politics. <laughs> this is a subject I don't feel is political, but morality, when it comes to abortion. There are so many babies that have been killed because they just simply didn't want to have a baby yet. Caitlin, in my life, if you didn't know this, having a child changed her life. We didn't want a child yet when we found out we were pregnant. We didn't. And then the next one came. We didn't want that one yet. <laughs> like, I'm serious. But we had to believe the truth of God's word and what he says is good. And what we found in scripture revealed what it was. That children are a blessing. Children are a good thing. And if you've been told otherwise by your parents or by anyone else, it's wrong. I just tell you now not the truth. Children are a blessing from God. They are good. They are big blessings. I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> he says, so what are adults? And I said, a big blessing? <laughs> but you guys hear all this stuff. I mean, I can't... I've heard... From the mouth of teenagers, listen, I've heard from the mouth of teenagers, oh, don't worry if you get pregnant, just have an abortion, you don't have to worry about it. That's messed up. It's not loving good. It's not. Now, there's a lot to go into when it comes to the subject of abortion. But the vast majority of them are really killing a child that has a right to life. And they're just getting rid of it because they're being selfish and they don't want to take care of anyone yet. We were there. I get it. I know what it's like. It's painful. I was in college. I had no money. (laughs) It was really hard. I had like a year left of college. It changed my life. But my kids, guys, they're amazing. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And to say that your life is over because you're having a kid is a lie from the enemy. It's not reality. It's not the truth. And I'm not telling you guys to go have kids yet, okay? (laughs) 
But if the kid ends up happening, it's a good thing. And I see it as God's way of bringing goodness into your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's great blessing that comes from having kids. And there's a lot of hardships, a lot of challenges that come with it. Right? It's true. But the world would say, if you don't want it, you don't have to have it. Don't worry about it. And it's it's not true. (laughs) I know somebody who was the result of his mom being raped. That's how he came into the world. He was a child because of that. His mom could have had an abortion. But now he's given his family, his mother, three grandkids. He's married, happily married. He's three kids. He's a serious mama's boy. <laughs> Brought incredible blessing into his mom's life. And his mom has always said, you bring me so much goodness into this world. And God blessed me as a result of what happened to me. And that's really the reality of what can happen to people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Here. Can you write it down? We're going to be answering lots of questions in regards to this stuff. Yeah, write it down. Or faith. I think it applies to it. Just do it. If you want the question answered. Okay. Now, if you guys, honestly, if you have any questions in regards to this, like CJ's got a question, in regards to anything that's going on in the world right now, about what does Christianity have to say about this? I mean, what does it have to say about abortion? There's a lot of passages in the scripture that point to what I believe is the truth. There's... Lots of questions people have about a lot of things in the world. What is truth? So, in our groups afterwards, we're going to have everybody take some time to be able to put some questions down. And we're going to go through these throughout the summer, okay? And I really want to hear what you guys have to say. And if you guys have questions, you're like, here's what somebody told me. What do you have to say? I mean, you can say that. You don't have to necessarily say the name of the person. (laughs) But there's a lot of claims in the world that are saying this is truth, that is truth. Have you ever asked Christianity, what is the truth about this? What do you have to say about it? See what it has to say. So moving on. Having the appearance of godliness. I think I'm in verse 4, and I? Okay. Treacherous. You guys see that as a youthful passion? Yes? Reckless? Yeah, pretty reckless, right? I appreciate your honesty, Camille. <laughs> you want to know why teenagers have the highest insurance rate out of everybody? Because <laughs> you're reckless. It's not to say every teenager is reckless behind the wheel, but you're more reckless than most. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Shay. I said thanks. You're a trooper. (laughs) Hey, she's cleaning up her mess, right? You need to teach my kids how to do that. (laughs) Clean up their messes. So what do you guys think of the next one? Swollen with conceit. What do you guys think it means? What is being conceited? What do you guys think being conceited means? You guys know what it means to be conceited? No. (laughs) Let's just Google it here, huh? It means excessively proud of oneself. 
Which is crazy because the word conceited itself means excessively proud. So what does it mean to be excessively, excessively proud? Because <laughs> that's basically what he's saying. Swollen with conceit. You're full of yourself, like for reals. And there's a lot of you <laughs> to be full of. <laughs> Swollen with conceit. You guys think that applies to youthful passions? Swollen with conceit? Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of... Is it up there? What do you guys think of that? Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. How many of you read your Bible in the last week? Wow. When you struggle with it, what are you doing instead of it? Sleep. Okay. Anything else? Who here has ever felt like, I need to read the Bible, and then you're like, uh, I'm going to watch YouTube, and I'm going to check out Snapchat, I'm going to go on TikTok, I'm going to watch a movie, I'm going to check out Netflix, Disney Plus, right? So let me read that again. Lovers of, listen up, lovers of pleasure rather than... Lovers of God. Guys, it is so easy to do that. It's not just teenagers that struggle with it. But that's where it really comes from. It's a youthful passion. Yeah. She watches dumb video reels all the time on Facebook. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she just goes, you're right. And she just throws her, <laughs> just throws her phone down. Do you guys think that's pretty common today? Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God? You're like, I really know I should do this for God, but instead, I'm going to do this. You know, instead of giving some money to that person who really needs it, I'm going to buy me a new video game. <laughs> or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I don't want you to... Don't think doing anything that's enjoyable is wrong, okay? <laughs> There's this perception out there in Christianity in some circles that real, true Christianity is you just don't have a good life. You just hate your life. You're suffering all the time. You're always in pain. You're constantly just living a mournful life. It's not, it's not the truth. Paul said he was full of joy. <laughs> the guy that said rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice, wrote that in prison. <laughs> the guy knew what it was to be having a lot and having a little. So what's the next one? Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. Now here's the thing. What do you guys think it means to avoid such people? Wow. Not right. It means don't give them excessive amounts of your time. It doesn't mean you don't have them check out your groceries at Walmart. <laughs> Influence. Yes, I think that's a big one. Who are you being influenced by? Are you being influenced? Are you being influenced by these people? Lovers of money. They're proud. They're arrogant. They're abusive. They're disobedient to their parents. They're ungrateful. They're unholy. Or are you being the influence to those people? You know which one you are. If you're not influencing them, avoid them. If you are influencing them, great. Chances are you're not influencing them by hanging out with hundreds of them. <laughs> you're inviting them to places. 
You're doing things where you invite them to come out with you. Guys, I've been with people where it just really just felt uncomfortable what they were doing. <laughs> In school, I was hanging out with some friends, and they're doing things, and I'm like, I know my parents would be real mad <laughs> if they saw me here doing this right now. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit saying, Run! Flee youthful passions! <laughs> Get out of there! <laughs> There's some people you can't avoid. You can't avoid your classmates. Unless you're skipping class. Don't do that. <laughs> okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? You can't avoid your coworkers if you have the job there other than quitting your job. But if God doesn't tell you to do that, patiently endure. <laughs> some of the adults here needed to hear that one. <laughs> Maybe even some of you teenagers that have jobs, right? It says avoid such people. Now I'm going to read the next few here. Now listen up. It says... Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins, and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as James and Jambres, I think is how it said, opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. And then he says this. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. With persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul is so long-winded. <laughs> but this, this is the truth. It doesn't take much to look at this, read it, and go, wow, did he like transport 2,000 years into the future or something? Because <laughs> this is the reality of the world we live in today. There's people that are deceived, and they're deceiving other people. He talks about in Romans how they don't do the sinful actions that they know deserve the wrath of God, but they also encourage other people to do them too. It's all around us. It's everywhere in the world. But as for you, man or woman of God, you're meant to live differently. When you look at that list of things that are like, that's the youthful passion. Are you somebody that's like, man, I hit the mark a lot. <laughs> or I don't hit the mark. Depends how you look at it, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. God sent his son to die for you to be able to be set free from youthful passion. To be able to be freed from these things that the world is so much in bondage of. And when it comes to getting into foolish, pointless arguments, it's not worth your time. Because really, it's not worth their time. You don't know how much longer they have. Hold on, CJ. You don't, have, you don't know how much longer they have on this earth, and you don't know how much longer you have. What things actually matter talking about? Things that build the kingdom of God. That's what matters. 
It's the truth of what God has to say. What is the real reality that people need to be set free from their delusion? And the way that you talk to them, how are you supposed to do it? With gentleness. <laughs> be kind to everyone. But then it says, able to teach. Patiently enduring evil. Why does he have to say that? Because he says later, if you or somebody who follows Christ, you will be persecuted. Anyone who wants to live a life that's not this, that's not all of these youthful passions, is going to be persecuted. You're going to have people say, you're a freak. <laughs> you don't want to do this with us? Why not? You're just like, weird? Too good? Goody two-shoes? <laughs> you chicken? Well, I'd rather not displease God who can literally throw me in a lake of fire if he wants to. <laughs> it's a fear of God <laughs> to please him and do what's right and saying, yeah, I guess go ahead, do it if you want, but I don't want to get involved in that. There's people in the scripture that literally dropped dead because they lied about how much they gave to the church. <laughs> <laughs> that's intense <laughs> that's New Testament I love what Francis Chan says in regards to that and he hears people say well you know that's the God of the Old Testament I, I follow the God of the New Testament he's like yeah because he really levels out in Revelation <laughs> he really calms down <laughs> no <laughs> it's not the case He gets a big laugh every time he says it. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's the truth. It's a matter of loving pleasure rather than loving God. That's what it comes down to. It's a matter of lovers of self. Because <laughs> really, if you look at it, lovers of pleasure and lovers of self, they just go hand in hand. Your love isn't to have others pleasured and you not <laughs> it's you want to have pleasure you want to feel good right and it's a thing that's so common in teenagers i just want to be happy well your happiness is found in loving god <laughs> that's really where it comes from the other is not reality it's not the truth and until you learn that and figure that out and follow it, you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to find satisfaction. So this, stirring the pot a little bit today. <laughs> We're going to get into groups. I said some tough stuff. I read some hard scripture. John's read it before too. <laughs> and I'm sure others have in our church. If you have questions, I mean, big questions, I don't care what they are as long as they're appropriate. <laughs> but I'm going to hand every one of you guys one of these. Okay. Yes. What's so funny? Oh, they got questions. Leaders, you can do them too. Yes. Go ahead. But I want you guys to ask these questions. I mean, I'll just ask some of the big ones. Why do bad things happen to good people? I hear that one all the time. Thank you, sir. I'll read it quick. It's a good question, CJ. We'll, ask, we'll answer it this summer for sure, I promise you. What's that? So, I want you guys to ask big questions. What, why do bad things happen to good people? It's actually in the Bible. There's almost, I mean, I would argue the book of Job is all about that. <laughs> you don't have to write your name. If you want to, go ahead. But you do not have to. If you want it to remain anonymous, just please make sure it's something I can read, okay? <laughs> Try your best to have this be the best handwriting you've ever had. <laughs> 
Thank you. Think. You've got questions, Camille. I know you do. You just may not have them now. Okay, I mean, you can write comments down if you want. It's up to you. Yeah, we're going to get into small groups. Have the leaders come up here first. You stay in your seats.